Welcome to the Perky Collar Radio Show, where we talk to entrepreneurs from across the globe to learn why they started their company, what mistakes they've made, what they learned from those mistakes, and they all share an incredible success story. Thank you for tuning in. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to the Perky Collar Radio Show. I'm your host, David M. Frankel. I'm so excited to introduce to you a former coworker of mine, a great guy, Scott Thorne. He's the owner, he's the chief beer head and founder of Open Tap. Good morning, Scott. Hey, what's up, David? Thank you so much for joining us. So kick off the show with the why. Why did you and your wife start Open Tap? <laughs> yeah, so, <clears throat> you know, it's funny. We never, um, you know, we never were sitting around being like, oh, one day we're going to open up a, a craft beer spot or or anything of that nature. We had, we had no ambition before this to, to get into uh, this industry. I mean, basically all of our businesses that we own are basically just us scratching our own itch. You know, we have a curiosity or, you know, we, we think like, Oh, why, why is this happening? Or what, why isn't this exist? And um, we research it. And then if, um, yeah, if we like what we see, we'll, we'll, we'll place a bet. And so that's, that's what open tap is, you know, open tap exists because, um, my family, my wife and I, and my son, uh, we live in South Charlotte. And so like very South Charlotte. So if anybody's uh, familiar with uh, the Waverly community, if you live in Charlotte, you know, that's at like Providence in 485. But, you know, in short, it's a good, you know, 35, sometimes 40 minutes to get up to the craft beer scene, which is an uptown, right? So if you're looking at the map, it's really like, the the downtown you know some people call it but here in charlotte it's called uptown um area and so it's quite a hike it's quite a commitment to to get up there and parking and all this different stuff and uh, it can be kind of a workout but you know listen the craft beer scene is so darn good here in charlotte it's it's worth the worth the trip up there but after you do this for a while and over the course of years and years you're like oh man you know and so basically we were just on our way back home you know, leaving uptown Charlotte from a, a food truck Friday at a, a local brewery. And, you know, we looked down at GPS and it's, you know, something like 40 minutes to get home. And my son is, you know, getting hangry. Um, and we just like, dang, you know, why isn't there more in South Charlotte? Like, it doesn't make sense. Like all the demographics check out, you know, it's the most populated, some of the most populated zip codes in the state and the household incomes are high and it's, you know, super dense. And it's just like, this doesn't make sense. And so, um, that's, that's how we got into it. You know, I have another business where we experimented with 10 of these uh, unique taps, which allows you to pour your own beer. Um, and so I knew how that worked. So I was like, well, I, I know how to, I know how to do this. Um, and, and basically it was a real estate problem is the reason why more, more spots aren't down here, but that's what, that's what led to it. I mean, basically we love that, that community, uh, and fellowship and, um, around craft beer, you know, we love being active. We love the outdoors, um, going hiking, camping, you know, mountain biking, and then coming back to our cabin or maybe our campground, wherever we may be that weekend and having that beer with family and friends. Like, I just don't think it gets any better. And I think those are some of the moments that my you know family cherishes the most and holds dear is that time of being together and you know, doing something active and then having a beer. Um, and so that's how you get open tap. And that's, that's why we use the delivery system that we do as far as the beer goes. And that's how you get a modern log cabin in the middle of urban Charlotte. 
Very cool. I love the idea. I love the vision. I love the, your commitment to family and your family time. Cause that's one of the things I think all entrepreneurs struggle with is that balance. So if you can find a good balance of working hard, but also playing hard and having that really nice, relaxing time with family and enjoying time with each other, it definitely is a high priority. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, look for us, I've never tried to find any balance, you know, basically what we're doing is, you know, maybe it's like work-life integration. I don't know what you call it, but you know, we get a charge off of what we do and I get so, I get so much energy just from being here. I'm, I'm here now in our treehouse mezzanine having this conversation with you, but dude, um, I get a lot of energy from doing this stuff and, and so does my wife as well. So you kind of just keep going. It's kind of like, um, you know, maybe you played a high school sport or maybe you enjoy video games or something like that. Th those are both games that you play. And the more you play them, the more you want to play them. And so that that's what we do. I mean, we we look for businesses that, uh, you know, we're scratching our own itch and something that gives us ton of tons of energy. And therefore, you don't need any kind of, you know, balance or anything like that. You just you just having fun all the time. And it just so happens that's that's what you do, too. Makes sense. And that way it doesn't feel like work. That's the best kind of work. Yeah, it feels pretty good. Yeah, I call it energy, man. I get uh, sometimes, you know, they got to like tell me to leave. They got to kick me out of here, you know. So, <laughs> <laughs> but but I'm having fun. And then and, um, I think, you know, probably your, your best case scenario is going to happen if you're having fun with it, you know. 100%. And I saw a recent quote or a, a, something on Facebook that said, you know, you have a great job or a great career when you don't need a vacation. Like you feel like every day is somewhat of a vacation because you're just doing what you enjoy. And when you do what you enjoy, life is much more enjoyable and you don't want time off. Like if you're away from your job, you're like, can I go home now? I'm, I'm, I miss, I miss my work. You know, that's a great feeling to have. Yeah, that's so true. I mean, we, we do love to travel and, um, you know, we've been at this, you know, we just started this business four months ago, but, you know, my wife is talking about doing one last trip, you know, in August here before we, uh, Benjamin goes back to school and I'm kind of like, you know, dragging my feet because it's like, oh, I don't want to kind of, I'm kind of good, man. I'm in a groove. I want to, you know, so anyways, I'll have to break away, but yeah, so true. Yeah. If I have to break it to the guys, you're like, guys, I might not be around in August. Um, just go ahead and be ready for that. So, oh no, Scott, you can't go. Yes. I might have to go. No, Scott, you can't. What are we going to do without you? Like you start feeling like you missed that routine and that, that group. Obviously your family comes first, but it's still nice to have out, you know, that time with the guys and your friends and, you know, you, you get that routine part of your daily week and for everybody it's therapeutic. And, you know, when you don't have that Thursday night at uh, open tap with the, with the Thorn family, you, you miss that routine. <laughs> And you hate to break it to your friends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe that's probably one of the biggest things I need to work on is like, I get so into, I do, you know, my family's in, in the business with me. And so we're, we're always here and our family's always together. And, you know, like I said, I enjoy working on this, but I probably uh, need to, you know, I've got so many close friends. My friends have been my buddies since, you know, elementary school. And so, uh, I probably need to work on seeing them more. <laughs> That's definitely one thing I could tune up. Well, we all have those improvements. I think once we get in our careers and with our families, they just become our top priorities. And, you know, if friends trickle in like, hey, how you been? I haven't seen you in a while. You catch up and then you go back to your normal routines. But I think that's kind of how all entrepreneurs roll. Obviously, you have your mentors, you have your business partners. But I think our, our friends from childhood and high school and college we just kind of see them intermittently, but it's great if you can keep those connections going and foster those friendships. Cause it's not easy because we're all so busy. 
It's like, what are you going to sacrifice to spend more time with those people? And it's still, it's still healthy if you can do it, but it's not easy. It's, it's a, definitely a juggling act. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But working on that, yeah. Of course, we all have you know, room for improvement in some way of our, of our life. So walk me through, Scott, um, a little bit more about OpenTap. So those who are listening or planning on visiting Charlotte soon and want to make sure they stop at OpenTap for a drink and see the establishment. It's a beautiful facility. My wife and my daughter and my son-in-law, we all were there on Sunday uh, celebrating our anniversary. And I uh, just enjoyed this, the openness and the variety of drink options. So I don't want to spoil it for you. Uh, walk, a, walk a customer through what they're going to experience when they come to OpenTap. Yeah, I mean, so basically, you know, once again, you know, from our point of view, scratching our own itch, you know, we live in South Charlotte. And so usually when you're going to do craft beer um, where we're at, you're going to go to some kind of, you know, restaurant or, you know, one of these type of establishments or a sports bar or something like that. And you know what? There's so many obstacles to just get that beer. You know, like you're just going after a beer and want to hang out. You know, you've got to see a hostess and then that takes a few minutes, you know, maybe three to five minutes and then she seats you and then a waitress comes over and, you know, that waitress or waiter's got several other tables. And so you're waiting on them and then you place your order and it gets rung into a bartender who's waiting on other people. And, you know, somewhere's around 12 minutes or in that neighborhood, you're going to get that beer and you're going to get 16 ounces of it. And you better like it because, you know, if not, you're gonna have to choke it down, you know, and it's like eight bucks and so it's like what is what is going on like why are we doing this why why do we have to go through all this and so at open tap you know we're not a a restaurant we're not a bar we're not a, a brewery um we're an open tap and so you know one of our slogans here is uh, open to whatever it's right on the wall when you walk in and basically what that means is is you know when you come in you're in charge of your own experience i mean you're there to uh, explore craft beer in the way that you want to. And so basically when you come in, uh, you're going to do the uh, check-in right by the door and you're going to scan your card and your ID. <clears throat> and your ID is really primarily there for, um, of course, age. But, you know, it's just there to make sure that your name is on that on that uh, wristband. So this information is loaded up in an RFID on the wristband. And then we have 64 taps uh, in the tap room. Um, and these are wine, beer, cider, and then a bunch of non-alcoholic as well too. But basically every tap has an iPad in front of it, which gets you, gives you information on that, um, on that product, you know, ABV and IBUs. And in the end, uh, it's, uh, it's charging you per ounce. So instead of actually committing to those 16 ounces and kind of, you know, not knowing if you're going to like it or not, um, you can actually pour as little as an ounce at a time. So it kind of works as like an Oktoberfest, but every day. And you're free to explore, you know, the property as you see fit. And so you don't have to worry about having to get up, you know, because, you know, you've done eat, you're done eating or, you know, the, the waiter or waitress has to turn your table or something like that. You can do whatever and however you want. So you can walk in and grab a beer and sit wherever you want and take as much time as you like. We also have a food truck port, which is basically a way for food trucks to back right into our building so they're a part of the experience and so if you would like some food if you would like to have dinner we've got some of the best food trucks in the city here and you can you know jump over there and and get you a bite to eat but you're kind of doing it all on your own terms and, and all these kind of hurdles as far as waiting on beers and and having to you know have large quantity of beers and then waving somebody down to check out like all this waving and uh, waiting on people is just completely removed. So you can come in and within 30 seconds, you can have a beer. And then if you want to leave, um, you can, of course, check out with um, 
you know, one of our team members, or you can throw your wristband into a receptacle that has a determined uh, gratuity and you just walk right out the door. So you're never waiting for anything. You know, we've had a thousand people through here um, in an evening and nobody waits for anything. So it's a, it's a, it's a great place with, uh, well, I think it's a great place, a cool experience with a lot of, uh, a lot of a beer to explore. Very cool. I mean, you can tell a lot of thought went into the whole process. And like you said, uh, open to whatever, allowing people to have a free flow. Uh, and it's just different, you know, not have to wait for a waiter or a waitress to help you. Not have, like you said, not having to fight your way to a bar. I remember going to a Christmas party. I think I spent the first 30 minutes at the Christmas party just trying to get to the bar through all yeah. the people and saying hello to everybody. And it's just, and even once I got to the bar, it still took me another five or 10 minutes to get the bartender's attention so I could even order. I know. know, isn't that terrible? So I think <laughs> about this and listen, I love, I love breweries and I love brewers and listen, you know, going up to, you know, some of these like the Christmas village uptown at one of the breweries is great to go to, but you're so right. You know, it's something like, you know, 25, if you're going to go to a trendy or nice spot, you know, 25% of your time, <clears throat> you're just queuing up. I mean, really you want to be there with your family and friends or coworkers, whoever you're there spending time with, but you're right. I mean, like 25% of your time is just waiting and it's like, wow, what, this is such valuable time, you know? So People have, what, a, a couple hours or they may visit, you know, a few hours. Maybe they're going to visit a couple places during the week. Um, and then a quarter of that time is just waiting in line. Like, isn't that terrible? Like, can we do something about removing all of that? And um, that's exactly what we're doing. It's interesting, man. So uh, I'll nerd out just for two seconds on you. You know, so 1916 was the first um, time um that you were a grocery store existed where you can actually go get your groceries, right? This is like, we do this every day now, but it, it sounds crazy. So before, before that you'd go to some general store and there would be a bar there. Right. And a guy behind it, that looks kind of like a bartender, but he's got like a white, you know, smock on and you're going to tell him I want this much flour and I want this much because you couldn't be trusted to get it yourself. You know, he's got to get it for you. Well, you know, Piggly Wiggly, in Memphis, Tennessee was the first one to put products on the shelf and give people a card and, and allow them to go get it. They know what they need better than, you know, than you do. I mean, they can get it just as well. Um, isn't that interesting? But we, you know, if, if somebody tried to <laughs> put groceries behind the counter, there, there would be anarchy, but you know, it's, it's funny what we accept and what we don't. And, and basically what we're doing is just that we're taking that bar away. Um, still interacting with customers. Of course, we've got, you know, people standing at the wall and we're, we're talking to them about beer selections and how to pour beers and all this kind of stuff. And it's it's really fun. But it's so great to see, you know, people not have to wait and just get to having fun. You know, we had the Charlotte Business Exchange in here last Thursday, you know, 120 people walking at the same time and nobody waits for a beer. And it just tickles me to see them having a good time and kind of having those barriers removed, you know. Right. That's excellent. And I'm glad to hear that you went through the history a little bit, you know, even of the grocery stores, just so I understand the root of the problem and the, the evolution we've come through and not just the beer world. Self-serve world. And you can tell that you and your wife put a lot of thought into the process and how it should feel and how it should go and what barriers can I remove to make it even easier? What problems do we experience? What problems can we take away? That's really cool that you put all that thought into the process when you open OpenTap. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, in the end, I mean, when you're going to a craft beer establishment, it's such a great time. You're so energized to go and you're excited and, 
you know, but what really what you have in mind is this sharing special time with, you know, somebody you care about or people that you care about. And so let's just get right to that, you know? Right. Exactly. That's fantastic. So I know Scott's only been four months, but walk me through a little bit of the many mistakes you've made in growing the business or trying to promote the business or things to learn along the way of the last four months. Just maybe there's a couple of learning points that our listeners can take away um, that you learn very quickly in opening your own open tap. Yeah, I mean, I think we're still really, really new. So, I mean, we're, we're basically, I mean, I'm always trying to optimize and find the next liver of improvement. I mean, it's pretty interesting. We, we definitely, we being, you know, um, just human nature. I mean, you, you drastically overestimate, you know, what can be accomplished in a month, but drastically underestimate what you can accomplish in a year. And so what we're doing here is just looking for small slivers of improvement, knowing that over time, it's really going to add up to something special. And so that's kind of where we're at right now. I mean, if I can, you know, if I really think back and maybe something I would do differently, you know, I think that one thing sticks out to me. So we, we're doing this, um, um, this video series, you know, where we go and talk to brewers about their why. So basically, you know, we live in, we live in Charlotte. Um, we've got, you know, 40, 40 brewers in the, in the city, city limits. We've got uh, something like 80 throughout the county, you know, 380 breweries in the state. So just, it's a huge craft beer, uh, world here in North Carolina. And, um, so many times we go to amazing breweries and try their beer and it, they're amazing too. And we come back with a question like, wow, how does this all come to be? And um, who's the person responsible for it? And you, you just very seldom see that person, you know, literally like what they look like, let alone, you know, hearing their story. And so I wanted to do a video series on um, their why and, and kind of give, give, give them some shine, you know? And so actually, <clears throat> so what we were in this business, we went through all the branding and everything. And I had a branding guy that helped me do that. And he helped me with another business too. And super creative and talented and loved the way that design turned out. And, um, he kind of had this budding, you know, interest in getting into video and he had done such a great job on the stuff that we'd done before. I was like, yeah, yeah, let's do it, man. We'll, we'll do it together and, uh, figure this thing out and it'll, it'll be cool and fun. And so, you know, we went about that filming these episodes and doing it. And, um, you know, eight months went by and I still didn't have a final product in my hand. And um, I was getting really like, you know, aggravated with that. At the same time, you know, we were going through all kinds of architecture and building. And so I was, you know, focused on the aspect of, you know, getting, getting building or getting open tap out of the, uh, out of the ground. And, um, you know, in the end, you know, really what it was, and it was just so much delay in that project and editing and all this kind of stuff. Um, you know, the mistake that I made there is that, you know, the guy that I had working on the project is a great graphic artist. He's great in branding, you know, very talented, you know, once again, very creative. Um, but his specialty, you know, wasn't you know, it wasn't video, it wasn't video editing, even in video, there's different um, specialties, like there's a guy that just edits, there's a guy that just works the camera, there's a guy that just does lighting, there's a guy that just does sound, because the intricacies of that stuff, it's very, very technical. And so ultimately, we we had to, to make a change and, um, you know, bring in specialists 
um, so we can actually finish that project up. And so it's been delayed because of, you know, some of these uh, findings. And quite honestly, you know, you know what it was was I had the wrong guy. I had the wrong guy doing it. And and the the lesson there is that, you know, just because, you know, you're excellent or an expert in one field doesn't mean you're even remotely qualified to do something it, that would seem like it, it's related. It's in the creative world, and surely we can figure this out. But um, that it's just not true. You know, you're going to be an expert in your field, um, and that's it. And if you want to do a hell yeah job, you're going to have to find experts in these different fields and kind of put them all together and have them work as a team to get the project done. Um, but it just doesn't just doesn't correlate. If that makes sense. Yeah, hundred percent makes sense. And again, I think every business owner listening to this call, listen to this interview, can relate to that. Whether it be I found someone to help me with my business cards, but it doesn't mean they can do my social media marketing. I found somebody to do my social media marketing doesn't mean they can do my print ads. Like you said, everyone has their specialty, their uh, their gift, and to have them do more than one, a lot of times results in one of them not being so great, or someone just not getting the job done because they're doing so many other things. And I'm the yeah. same way. I like things going from start to finish. When people can't finish, it's very annoying, very aggravating. And then I start to lose my respect for their true skill set, which was one component of, of the total project. And that becomes very challenging for a lot of business owners where they want to find the, the guy that can do it all from you know, start to finish. But you need a team. You really need a team, a specialized team that could do different components. And then someone totally separate, independent that brings it all together to save you the aggravation of bringing it all together. Uh, and it can cause yeah. delays. It can cause extra money. Uh, there's a lot of problems that can come from that when you don't have the right people doing the right things as part of the project. Yeah, totally. I mean, and, and these things, you know, you know, at 30,000 feet, they're, they're super simple and easy. I mean, overall, I think, you know, you know what you should do. And, you know, I think it's relatively simple. The complication comes in whenever you're, you're in the middle of it, you know, you can't see the uh, forest for the trees or whatever. And that happens sometimes you got to kind of pull out and take a break and, and take a look at things. And quite honestly, in that situation, I was like, you know, I'm to blame for this, you know, this is my fault and I know better. And uh, here's what we're going to do to fix it and remedy it real quick. And, and that's what we did. And um, now we're, in, now we're doing a good job and in the right direction, but yeah, there you go. You know, and it's kind of kicked myself for it because you know it, I mean, you just know it, but right. um, you know, you see, you see what a great job, you know, it did over here and you're like, yeah, maybe this is a good opportunity and we'll see what happens. And, you know, you're, you're taking a, you're taking a risk and you know, you're taking a risk when you do it um, to some degree, but you're confident that, you know, there's a high probability that it'll turn out uh, favorably, but in this case it didn't. Um, and uh, that's one thing I won't forget. Right. Well, I mean, it, it helps shape who you are. It helps shape what open tap would someday become. And give you all the ideas of all these other breweries. You're able to take the best of all these different pieces and make it into your own. And without interviewing those people, without learning their why, you wouldn't have had the opportunity to have all those ideas and thoughts together to make the ultimate great uh, open tap. So, you know, even yeah. though the product of the video didn't turn out the way you wanted, the information was there. And that's what helps you open the business. And that's the most important thing. Uh, at least it's another question, because obviously you're dealing with the public. You know, everyone has an opinion. Someone that's new that comes to OpenTap and gives you their opinion, does Google reviews. And obviously, I saw you're very active on responding to Google reviews. Are there any opinions or any uh, feedback that you got that you decided to change how you run the business as a result of that feedback? Maybe it's having dogs, not having dogs, the tip jar, no tip jar, the variety of beers. I mean, people that are beer connoisseurs are beer connoisseurs. Scott, you need to have more of this kind of beer. How do you take all that feedback 
there should be more games, less games, less noisy games. I mean, it's hard to uh-huh. put your foot down and say, we're going to have this and not this, this and not this. And how much of it do you say, you know what, we'll try this on a temporary basis, see how it goes. And then if it doesn't go well, we'll take it out. How much of that stuff did you listen to? What things did you kind of consider? And what things you decided between your wife and your son, we're not going to offer this uh, because it just causes too many problems uh, at the other breweries we visited. Walk me through some of those thought processes, if you don't mind. Yeah, so I'm definitely listening to everybody. Like I'm digesting everything that's that's in, but I'm not, you know, knee jerking or making decisions based off of one review or a couple of reviews. Basically, if I hear something, it's like, okay, that's interesting. And I file that away. And now if something comes up reoccurring and reoccurring and reoccurring, then it's then it's something like, okay, let's give this some thought and, and, and see what um, see what we could do about it um, or if we need to do anything about it. So, yeah, I mean, there's definitely um, changes that we've made around here, you know, with the guest in mind. I mean, basically, OpenTap exists to to make people smile and make people happy. And, you know, you got to sift through that feedback and, and be honest with yourself. And, um, you know, maybe I should change this and, and maybe I will change this. So one thing that we did was, so, you know, you're going to go pick up your glass, you're going to pour your beer, you can rinse that glass and pour another, or you can go get another glass. Um, uh, but the question became, well, where would I put my glass that, you know, I just used. And so, and, um, in other places, you know, they're going to come in, um, get your glass if you're in your, your normal experience. And so, uh, I was like, we'll just, we'll just pick them up. You know, we'll walk around and we'll pick them up. And, uh, um, that's how we rolled for a couple of months. Um, but the question kept coming, kept coming up. Like, we'd like to be able to set these somewheres. We'd like to put them somewhere. And I didn't want to have a bunch of like dirty glasses piled up on, you know, some table or something like that. It's so, you know, pretty in here. Um, yeah, I just thought it would be ugly. And so um, I was like, okay, we'll, we'll look for some kind of solution. I mean, and so, you know, I didn't want to build anything else into the wall. I didn't want to have uh, some kind of cabinet installed or anything like that. I wanted it to be very fit and finish and beautiful. And so what we landed on after, you know, looking over and over at all these different places are these unique, they're these little wood carts. They're kind of petite. Um, but you can actually fit like, and they have a, an edge on them, like a four inch edge on them. So when you set the glass down on it, you can't actually see any beer residue that's in the bottom of the glass. And so it kind of hides it a little bit. And then there's three little shelves here. Um, and you can actually pick up the shelves off of the, the card and you can walk around and pick up glasses. So it actually helps you bus as well. And there's wheels on it. So you could put, you know, push it to the back. So that, that cart that we have, we've got three of them. Um, throughout the property and that's helped tremendously um, number one it, it makes the, the guests feel like they've got a landing spot for their glass they know where to put it so it makes them feel comfortable and it really helps us as well to be more efficient um, instead of you know having a bunch of people constantly running around they can just go straight to these carts and then straight back to the back to take care of them to wash them so that was out of uh, a customer feedback and they were a hundred percent right you know which what i had to do is figure out a really nice way to execute that um, and it turns out that these, um, they're like bamboo carts. They're really pretty. I'm looking at them right now, but it looks like beautiful <laughs> furniture as opposed to kind of an eyesore. And so that, that came out of a, that came out of feedback from guests. So yeah, they were right. Very cool. Well, I think it's nice to listen. It's, it's always hard to make everybody happy. And that's 
a big challenge as well for any business owner, no matter what you're owning, you're not going to make every customer happy. But like you said, when you start hearing the same feedback over and over again, uh, it's, it's, it is sometimes a time to adjust or modify if you can find the right solution. Like you said, it wasn't just about, okay, I want a place for glasses, but I want it to be a nice, elegant place for glasses to match the rest of the aesthetics of the rest of the building. And it, it sounds like you put a lot of thought into it. Okay, I, I, I've identified the problem, but now I just got to find the best solution so it still fits my overall aura, my energy, the look of the building. So it's awesome. I, I love how you go through the process of finding solutions, but keeping the overall feel exactly the same. You know, really, you know, how we make decisions, it's interesting um, uh, how you articulated that. I mean, that's correct. I mean, so, you know, in my, in my family and in my businesses, we have a saying of hell yeah or no. And so basically this helps us to make decisions. So just like this, you know, you're talking about, you know, whether to act on, you know, certain customer feedback, um, we put it to the hell yeah or no test. And so that helps us to make a decision and it can be anything. It can be furniture selection. It can be, you know, you know, where to go on vacation uh, anything. It, it works really, really well. So to kind of put it together, give you an example, like in our, in our, um, in our, in our home, you know, we say hell yeah or no. So if we are going to go on vacation, you know, the family's sitting around, where should we go? And, oh, should we go to Disney? And, and, you know, the family's like, mm, yeah, well, maybe. And then, you know, should we go to, you know, Charleston and be like, Meh, I don't know, maybe. And then somebody tabled the idea of let's go to uh, Acadia National Park, you know, Bar Harbor, Maine. And we were like, oh, hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> we like stand up and we're like, yeah. And that's when we know that's what we need to do. So basically, you know, this hell yeah or no test, it it makes sure that you're doing stuff that really makes you excited and um, you're not wasting time on just so, so hum hum ideas or um decisions i guess and so that's how we do it and so basically when we're looking for this solution for glasses we literally are putting it to a hell yard no test and it and it took a while probably a month and a half to land on and research what we really needed to get and we talked to people about building you know some new piece of furniture we had them come in we were you know measuring and all kinds of stuff to to land on this simple cart but um it took us a while to find it but once we found it we're like oh hell yeah that's it right there like you know it and you don't settle on anything else until you get a hell yeah <laughs> that's awesome i love it i <laughs> picture like a, a conveyor belt on the outside edges of the restaurant taking the glasses away but then i also <laughs> picture someone putting their keys there and their keys disappearing <laughs> behind the back room and then having a big full search so every idea has its pros and cons and uh you have to obviously vet it properly yeah for sure or if someone puts their kid on there, who knows what else ends up on that conveyor belt. But with good yeah. intentions, sometimes you have the road to you know to hell or success. Yes. Uh, Scott, speaking of that, walk me through an example of a success story. It can be a previous business because OpenTap's only four months old, but something just feel is just reinforces your why. Why you open OpenTap to begin with, or just a success story from a previous business that just really reinforces why you love business ownership so much. Just give me an example of something that just makes you very proud. Maybe it's a customer feedback. They hadn't been out in a while. They went to OpenTap, had a great time. Maybe it was a type of event that you hosted that turned out to be a great success. You could pick the success story. But something that just really resonates with you, and you went home and said to your wife, honey, I'm so glad we opened OpenTap. Let me tell you the story I heard today that just makes you both embrace each other and say, I'm so glad we, we've touched lives and helped people. 
Dude, a hundred percent. And so I see that every day, like, you know, one thing that's so cool to me and, um, I love is that, you know, families can, can come in just like your, like your family, like, you know, it's very comfortable for everybody. So it's very common on any day of the week to see, you know, a family in here. When I say a family, that means like mom, dad, the kids and the grandparents, and they all have a beverage and they're in this cool cabin in their neighborhood. And, you know, just seeing them happy gives me so much energy. You know, I had no idea how much I enjoyed watching other people drink beer. You know, I like, I knew I liked it, but I didn't, I didn't realize that about myself. Um, and it gives me so much energy to do, to do more of it. I mean, if I think about a success story, something that, you know, comes to mind recently is that, um, I, I love the outdoors and my family does, and I'm really particular about my gear that I wear. Like it's gotta be functional. It's gotta work. It's gotta last, you know, it's gotta be, it's gotta be a hell yeah. And so we have these outdoor clubs and one of our, you know, our, we, we are very much, we love that crossroad and that intersection of active lifestyles and craft beer. You know, we love that. That's who we are. And so we have um, outdoor programs that we call, uh, um, it's under the open road category. So under open road, there's uh, a bunch of different active clubs. So one of them is a running club. And so we have a run club that meets here um, at 6.30 every Tuesday, and it is headed up by running professionals. Um, these guys are, uh, one guy trains marathoners. Um, that's his job. That's his business. And the other one works for um, um, a company here um, that just concentrates on um, running shoes. I mean, these guys are great. And the people within the club, uh, one guy comes to mind. He's he's ran a marathon in 40-something states, um, competed in them, and recently won a marathon um, out on uh, the Outer Banks. So these are real real folks. And they're also, you know, people that are novice like me, like I'll run with them, you know, from time to time. So, you know, we talked to the, the guys that were coordinating the run club, and we're like, we want to get something, you know, some kind of gear or something for the guys. And, you know, I have another business where, you know, I've made all kinds of T-shirts and hats and all this kind of stuff. And, um, you know, I was like, man, the problem with that is, is if you go to any of these shops to get custom stuff done, even the stuff that's like Nike or whatever is not really Nike. It's like, you know, like B-level Nike stuff. It's not the real stuff. And I was like, dude, I can't, I can't, knowing that how particular I am about gear, like I can't give. I can't give somebody this gear that I know doesn't function like that is not, that's not going to work. And so, uh, my brand is North face. Like that's the gear I go for because everything has a lifetime warranty. It looks great. It functions great. I mean, you could wear this stuff. I've got, I mean, every day I've got North face gear and I've got a North face pullover and uh, North Face shirt underneath that, and I can go out running in this or hiking in this and come to work. And the same thing, obviously, it'd be clean when I come in. But you could, this stuff is great, right? And so, I reached out to, I reached out to North Face, and I said, "Hey, this is what we're looking for. We've got these active groups. These are, you know, I want to provide functional, great gear for them, and um, I want to feel great about that. Like there, there's, you know, if you come and." you know, kind of look at our point of view of craft beer in the active world, I think you'll see that, you know, I think this would be a great benefit to North Face and it would, it's true. I mean, it would be amazing to me to, to have a, a sponsorship by North Face. And so we went through and talked and we, they came out and ran with us and, you know, they, once they get in our log cabin, they're like, 
oh, these guys are serious about this. And um, we're just living. We're just expressing our uh, emotions and our whys and just basically telling people who we are. And, um, you know, once again, we, we were just scratching our own itch. This is just our everyday life. And um, I think that maybe resonates with them or, or what. I don't know. Maybe you'd have to ask them. But in, in short, um, OpenTap is sponsored by North Face. And so we got that, we got that done and it was, it was amazing. And, uh, it was a huge accomplishment. So now all of our active clubs get North face gear. So actually just went and picked up a hundred North face hats the other day, um, uh, that will be branded up <clears throat> for the open tap run club and other clubs as well. <clears throat> so they have real gear that works from one of the top brands or the top brand in my eyes in the world, as far as outdoor performance. Um, and they also, um, we have a, a card forum that is uh, co-branded with uh, North Face uh, and OpenTap. And so for every um, every time they come, uh, we punch their card with a, a custom punch. And if you come to four events, you get 10% off uh, a North Face purchase. Um, if you come to eight events, you get 15% off. You know, and that was my other thing, too. It's like, you know, these people are buying this gear. I mean, they're they're looking for great gear. Now, you know. Other places might be like, oh, we'll give you a dollar off a beer or two dollars off. It's like that's not moving the needle for anybody. You know, that doesn't that doesn't do anything. You know, maybe it's a nice gesture, but it's not saving anybody any real money that adds up. But if you do this, I mean, one, it's it's amazing. They get free gear and they get great discounts on the best outdoor gear uh, in the world, in my opinion. And if you're going to go and buy a few pieces, three or four pieces or a tent or something like that, and get 10 to 15% off, you know, you're talking, you know, three, $400 or, or more, you know, now you're really doing something. Now you're really moving the needle. Um, and so I was so, so proud, um, to get that, to get that done. Um, it's, it's, I got to pinch myself, man. I can't believe it. It's so cool. Yeah, that's very cool. It's a great story. And obviously even I'm sure a lot of listeners are like, where do you even start? Like, how do you even just call North face? So obviously you put a lot of work and effort and research and to figure out who to call and, how to make that partnership and that sponsorship even reality. So congratulate you and uh, even making that possible and having a vision and a dream and, and going after it. And uh, all things are possible. And when there's an open tap in every major city across the country, you can say it all started in Charlotte, North Carolina with an itch. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, that would be great. I love that. That's yeah, awesome. Well, wrap us up, Scott, with how people can find you, the address for OpenTap, if you have a website, if you have an email, a phone number, uh, any social media handles, let people know how they can get a hold of you, learn more about OpenTap, things like that. Yeah, sure. So um, uh, OpenTapCLT is our handle on Instagram. Uh, that's probably our main place uh, we can find out information um, about us and see what's going on here. Um, also to Facebook, that's the same handle. Um, opentapclt.com is our website where you can find out, click on, on tap and you can see what's on, uh, uh, any of our 64 taps. Um, and then there's also too, uh, a food truck schedule on there as well. So, um, we have a food truck every day and then we have two on Saturday and Sunday. So you can see who's coming, uh, who's coming in town, who's coming to see us. So, yeah. Very cool. Well, Scott, it's been a pleasure having you on the show. Uh, again, being a former coworker at Red Ventures, it's great to see us both <laughs> off and having our own businesses now, doing our own thing. And that was just a, uh, a stop in the 
and I guess a straw in the a feather in the hat, a stop in the path, whatever you want to call it, along yeah. the bigger, better things that we do in our life. So it's, it's been a pleasure to know you, and I'd love to see all these great things you're doing. It was an honor to visit Open Tap, and I will definitely bring my family back to support you uh, additionally. And uh, oh, yeah. I appreciate you being on the show. Yeah, thank you so much, man. I loved my time at RV. I can go on and on about that. That was a great, great learning experience. Um, loved it and uh, loved working with you and, and fun to do this, man. Yes, sir. Well, thank you again for being on the show. And you've listened to another episode of the Perky Collar Radio Show. Thank you for tuning in. All right. Thanks, David. My pleasure. Thank you. What is the Perky Collar? It is a collar support system for dress shirts. That's right. Over 18,000 of these amazing devices have been sold globally. How does it work? Lift the collar, add the Perky Collar with the long tapered ends on top, lower your collar on top, adjust to make sure it's even around the collar, and that's it. You've now transformed your droopy, saggy dress shirt collar to a brand new looking dress shirt ready to tackle sweaters, jackets, blazers, and the collar still stays nice and tall. How do you find it? The website is perkyllc.com. That's spelled P as in Paul, E as in Elephant, R as in Robert, K as in Kangaroo, Y as in Yo-Yo, LLC, LarryLarryCharlie.com. That's PerkyLLC.com. Get yours today, or if you're in Charlotte, North Carolina, visiting or live here, feel free to come by South Park Mall's kiosk located between Francesca's and Toomey. Best entrance is Maggiano's and Cheesecake Factory. See you soon. Look your best. Have a great day. Perky LLC is a clothing innovation company. We solve clothing-related problems such as a droopy, saggy dress shirt collar, the pocket square that doesn't seem to sit still properly, it unfolds, it falls down, the shirt that keeps coming untucked, collar stays that keep curling on you, and more and more issues with your belt, cracking, splitting, holeless belts are the solution. You can adjust them by a quarter inch instead of having to go up an inch or down an inch. What about that lapel you want to use as an accent color to match a dress or as a color accent to your wardrobe? This and many other fun fashion accessories are available at PerkyLLC.com. Beyond innovation, we also have fashion accessories, bow ties, you name it, from feather to blingy to wooden, even wooden ones that move, even wooden ones that showcase the skyline of cities all across the country. Check out PerkyLLC.com for all these great fashion accessories, and innovative solutions. Are you ready to publish your own book? Do you have a story to tell? Does the world need to hear your story? Now is your chance. Go to https colon forward slash go go dot bestsellingbook.com forward slash perky collar radio show. That's right. It's as simple as that. They'll walk you through every step needed to publish your own book. And watch out. Be ready to be an Amazon bestseller, maybe a Wall Street Journal bestseller, or maybe even New York Times bestseller. It all starts with a single step and having the right team around you. Again, go to https colon forward slash go, G-O dot bestsellingbook.com forward slash perky collar radio show. Look forward to seeing your amazing results.